Noah, you're the real MVP, man. You're the real Michael Jordan of dads. And welcome to another edition of Across the County. I'm Noah. Thanks for joining me. Well, when you talk about basketball icons, some of the first that come to mind, when you ask me anyway, are involved with the amazing group, the Harlem Globetrotters. And over the decades, they've performed, and I've seen them live, all across the globe with their fantastical skills, including dunks, leaps, comedy, and I think perhaps even a dance move or two, if I've been watching correctly and closely enough, all while playing the amazing game of basketball. Well, besides the upper athleticism it takes to be a globetrotter, you got to be a little bit jovial as well. That's a huge part of it. And that is who my next guest just, he, he exudes this. And I'm excited to talk with his energy on the show today. So blessed. Melvin Adams is my guest, and he was a globetrotter for four years. And he even reigned one year as Mr. Globetrotter. I'll talk with him in a bit about that. Also an NCAA All-American basketball player. He went pro as well. And now is a communicator and entertainer, a motivational speaker, lending his voice, most importantly, to over 3 million youth with a passion for their success. Melvin, thanks for taking the time. I am so excited to talk to you, my friend. Oh, man, it's such an honor to be on, on the set with you, man. I appreciate you having me out. Well, first off, let's just start with basketball. Let's uh, let's get into it. What does it take to be Mr. Globetrotter? That's quite a feat, man. Well, you know, um, Noah, man, it, you know, it's like you said, you mentioned a lot. Like, you can have all the basketball skill, but uh, it's also your personality. And, uh, you know, so being able to play basketball, being, being able to play basketball and, and – uh, being able to play, being able to play basketball and do tricks, you know, and being able to talk to people is kind of like one of the reasons being able to have a good, good character, being able to talk to people, make people feel better. So things like, so. Well, that's amazing. And, and I can imagine that that was probably the, one of the most just amazing experiences of your life but let's go back a little bit let's talk about where you grew up the challenges that you faced early in life because i feel they lead us to the discussion we're about to have today and i'm excited to have it it's one that we need to have and how in the end sports was a saving grace to you well you know like you said one of the things you said was really good it it, it what it's not where you're going it's where you come from and I grew up in a home where I had a mom that was kind of never good enough. You know, if you got an 89, she would cuss you out because you should have got a 90. If you got a 90, you should have got a 91. And so it was, it, was, it was never really, there was never really like self-esteem building, confidence building. My dad was a, was a cop, but he was very abusive and uh, wasn't really around. So I grew up as a very angry kid. Basketball was kind of like my way out of that. And I was going to school. I was very suicidal. Uh, growing up without a father, without words of affirmation, without that father figure in your life. But there were just two people who um, who didn't just go to work to get a check. They they literally woke up every day to change lives. And one of them was my high school principal. Uh, her name was Miss Eaton. She would tell me every day that I was awesome. She told me I was amazing. And, you know, just those words, I went from making all Fs to being on the honor roll to being the first one to graduate from college in my family. My high school coach was a, a man, a male figure, you know, he just starts speaking words of positive positivity in my life, and I believed it. And it literally, it literally changed my life. And even what you're talking about, when fathers can understand the power that they have in building their family, then we'll kind of look at that in a different way. 
Oh, 100%. I mean, you guessed the topic today with that answer. We're talking about fatherlessness, and though more fathers step up today, it's still a problem in America. And Melvin, to you, what is the father's role and how important is it in a child's upbringing? And then second question on that, you just brought up mentors, and that is a huge part of the game. Oh, man, uh, a father, you know, when when a father is out of the home, uh, there's the breakdown of the family. Uh, I think sometimes men don't realize the power because a lot of times you see pro athletes, you never hear them really say, uh, love you, dad. You always hear them say, love you, mom. And sometimes as fathers, we believe that, you know, our role is just that we're providers and protectors, but we're more than that. We're also nurturers, nur- nourishers, but we have to learn that. I think a lot of times men, we grew up with feeling like we can't share our feelings. You got to always be tough, you know, and a real man can be strong and yet gentle. Um, and so when a father's not there, then young men don't, they grow up not knowing how to be a man. And the world teaches us many ways in that, and we kind of fall captive to that. But when a, when a father is in a home, um, kids need to see that dad love their mom. Uh, they need to see him um, strong. Uh, they need to see him vulnerable as well. They need to see that, hey, man, it's okay to cry. It's okay to know that we're wrong and admit when we're wrong. Uh, and I know for me personally, when my, my two boys, I have two boys, one's a, a, a freshman in college in California, out in uh, Sacramento, actually in Reading at Simpson University. And my youngest son's a sophomore. And they've seen me not perfect, but they've seen consistent. Like I've been at every game. They see their mom and dad go out on dates. They see us argue. They see me sleep on the couch. But they also see me humble enough to admit when I'm wrong but also man enough to stand up when I know I'm right. And, uh, and I think those are the really keys, which is why what makes you such a great father and, and even your program, which motivates other men to be great fathers. So, man, I want to appreciate you for having a show like that because more men need that, need to hear that. Oh, 100%, man. It's one thing I talk about on the show quite often, if people are regular listeners of across the county, is I always stand up for bringing fathers to the forefront. There is nothing more important in a child's life than the loving hand of a father and the strength of a father as well. Mm -hmm. And having a father that's there and involved, it gives a child a huge sense of identity, doesn't it? And also, as you just said, uh, when you answer that, I loved what you said, that when you're a father and you've made a mistake and you tell your kid, hey, you know what? I was wrong. I'm sorry. I made a mistake. Mm -hmm. That is huge. It's huge, yeah. So huge. But tell us about that. Tell us about, I'm sure you agree with it. When you have that father that's there, that really, it builds the identity in a very healthy way of a child. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, like again, like, I grew up, obviously, uh, the men that were in my life, obviously, my father was very abusive. So I saw my dad be very abusive to my mom. And so my, my brother, which my dad, uh, you know, he cheated. So I found out I had two, two other brothers after he died, but, but it was me and my brother. So my brother grew up a very, he was a quiet kid. Like most men, we hold everything in. We don't know how to express how we feel, which is what one thing that kind of pushes women away because they're more emotional and they want to talk, but men don't know how to express that or feel like we have to always be tough. And so for what I grew up seeing, um, my brother was very abusive. He grew up and kind of did the same thing 
my father did. He did the same thing in his in his marriages. Uh, you know that 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 there you could be there physically, but still not being there emotionally. And so it was very physical. So I grew up kind of like a, around a lot of women. So I was kind of real more loving, and um, I was more of an alpha male athletically and with men. But when I was with women, I was just more uh, soft because of what I saw the abuse. And I never wanted a woman to have to go through that. And then, then what happens in that, you meet a woman who's looking for an alpha male, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's yeah. kind of like a catch 22. Cause then you're, so I had to learn that. Like my wife really kind of helped me grow in that being like that it's okay. And that, um, you know, if I did something, she didn't take it as like, it was abuse. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause, cause everything that I did was like, was more gentle. Oh, I, you know, I'd be afraid. You know what I mean? I love that you brought that up because being a single father, my kids are in their early 20s now, especially when they were younger. And I've, you know, had them 100 percent, you know, since they were about three years old. And it's yeah, you have that strength as a father and as a dad. But, you know, when the other side of the equation, when the mom's not there uh, for me personally, I had to be nurturing and gentle at the same time. So I had to try and find that balance. And that's it's, it's tricky. But kids need both of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, they yeah, they they need see they need the balance. And that's why, like, when when you have if you have a strong father, that's, you know, obviously that's totally awesome. And if you have like a loving mom without a father, I mean, that's good and not good. You know, you can have a great father, yeah. but you still need that mother because a man can't be like a woman and then a woman can't be like a man. You that's know right. what I mean? So that's right. So what happens is like you, you it, it's weird because me and my buddies were talking about this today. It's like, because you know, if you have parents that were very abusive, then we always go to the far left to where we don't discipline our kids, mm-hmm. and we never know how to be in the middle. We're either too hard or too soft, but we don't know how to be in the middle and balance it, or we, we're not we're not disciplined because we're we're like you know, beat all the time. So then we grow up and then we don't discipline our kids. And then they grow up and they become very disrespectful and run over people. So it's finding that balance. And so as, as a father, uh, it's finding, um, even, even to be teachable. Like I said, I always say, I, I wanted to be fat F A T that's faithful, available and teachable. My wife is fat P H A T. She's pretty hot and tempting. You want to be, you want to be teachable. So I'll, even as an athlete, I would always ask people, Hey man, what, what do I need to work on? You know, I even ask my kids, my boys, we have our alone time. I'm like, you know, what are three things I do good as a dad? What are three things you think I need to work on? And being humble enough to, to listen to what they say, because I don't have all this down, right? I'm not perfect. And I want to grow because I didn't have a good example as a father, but I've, I've saw, I've seen great fathers. And what I did was I just submitted to them and I went and I said, Hey, you know what? I'm, I've been watching you. Not one time, two times. I've been watching you for a while, and I really see how your kids look at you. I see how your wife looks at you. Mm. Hey, bro, can you teach me? Teach me. And I started just shutting up and started listening to what these these older guys who had you know had been there, done that. And I just started listening, Noah, and then I started learning. It's the same way in, in athletics. I mean, you got to be humble because you know you got to realize you don't know everything. I don't know everything as an athlete. I don't know anything as, everything as a father and husband, but I want to learn. I want to be faithful. So if you tell me to be there, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be available. I'm not just, I can be talking to you and still be on my phone or 
watching TV. And I'm not saying that I'm a pro at that because sometimes my wife could be talking and I could be, you know, on the phone or distracted and even my sons, but it's being able to go back and say, Hey, you know what, man, I'm sorry. Like I wasn't there. And that's all they, they want to know is that, you know, that they matter, that, that you're there in the moment because work can pull you and life can pull you and you find yourself, you know, if, if we, if we, if we can't be bad, we can be busy and busy isn't always good, you know, Noah here on Across the County. Melvin Adams, my guest. And so, so tremendously excited to have Mr. Globetrotter on the show with me today. He's also now a communicator, entertainer, and motivational speaker to kids across the globe, which they need, especially if they are trying to cope with fatherlessness. I love what you just said moments ago, because I often, my kids are in their 20s and they, you know, sometimes think I'm full of it, but I always check in with them and I say, hey, you know, how are things been going for you? What's something that I haven't done right recently that maybe has bugged you? Or, hey, you know, how can I be more motivational to you in making sure that you achieve your success? It's that hands-off approach as a dad, but you have to constantly, with your older children that are in their, you know, early or late teens, early 20s, check in with them and let them know, hey, you know, I'm still part of the process. I'm still there for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um as they get like, yeah, as they've gotten older, like my, like I said, my, uh, it, it's funny, man, because time goes by so fast. Oh, it does. And, and you can't get those moments back. And I, and I know a lot of fathers that they just, you know, cause they, they got to work I, and I get it. You have to work because, you know, if you don't work, you don't eat, but then we can get so caught up in that, that we end up neglecting and then they grow up and then they're looking for a father and they're going to find it good or bad. It, it's there. But, what blesses me the most, man, is like my oldest son, he came home from, from Thanksgiving break and he, you know, he's, his skill level is, is beyond what we used to do when he was five. Yeah. And he still comes home and says, Hey dad, can we go to the Y and work out? That's you know, awesome. Wife, man. She texts me. Oh yeah. My wife texts me and she said, you're now sometimes she can, she can give me hail. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you, I got a good friend. His name's Coach Dennis. He's one of the good friends, man. He's kind of like my my black Doctor Phil, and uh, and we'll be going through stuff. But you just you just keep doing it, man. You just keep serving, you keep loving, even if it's not the way things are not the way you want. And but what you're doing is you're building a generation of my kids. My boys will grow up and be better fathers than I ever was. Yeah, it's all about character and, at the end of the day, isn't it? Exactly. Exactly. It's not what you do in front of people. It's the things behind closed doors. Because I can, I can paint a great picture in front of people, but if my kids grow up and they're all crazy, well, the apple don't fall too far. You know what I mean? So you have to live by that example. Um, and yes, you, you know it, it's hard. You know, and I know even you, you having kids and being a single father. I mean, that's a lot because you got to be the emotional background. You got to be the physical. You got to provide. You. And and I like I said I applaud you, man. Like you're Noah, you're the real MVP, man. You're the real Michael Jordan of dad. So, well, at the end of the day, and thank you because I also love Michael Jordan. He's one of my favorite basketball players of all time. So now I'm just tickled, man. But I have to tell you that at the end of the day, I got a calling very early on when my kids were born, and God said, you know what? You're going to see a lot of things in life. You're going to see a great career in broadcast. You have you know, a loving family and you're surrounded by all these friends that are very, very good to you. But your calling in life is going to be to be the best father that you can possibly be, even when they're grown, 
to be along that journey with them and make sure they turn out okay. And I take that very seriously. And I just, I wish more fathers did that. I wish more fathers at the end of the day could go, you know what, no matter how hard it is, no matter how busy I get, I am always going to be there for my kids. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. You hope, you hope that, that, that people realize that, but a lot of people, man, they just, they just don't, they're just kind of, you know, I see so many dads, man, like, I mean, they're at, at work. They're awesome. And they're, you know, like everybody at work love them. I got a friend that he's, he's like, um, he, he speaks, he's a speaker as well. And on stage, he's, he's amazing. And I'm not saying that he's some like, he lives some hellish life or something like that, but, but he doesn't know how to connect with his family. So it's always this drive, even though it, 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 it's, it's for God. And we get caught up in that, like, it's for God. But at the end of the day, God's going to not so much look at the things I do, like, in the world, but I'm going to be judged with my family. Mm. So if my wife's, my wife's angry, um, you know, unhappy, uh, then there's something in, in me that's not right. If my kids are all crazy, and I'm not saying the kids are the kids are perfect or anything like that, but... You know what I mean? But, you know, there's things like that, that, you know, like being that example, you know, so they're why, like you said, at the end of the day, it's character. People are watching everything you do and everything you say. And so you gotta, you know, it's not about talking. It's about like walking it out every day. And that's the, that's when the rubber hits the road. Oh, know? for sure. It's another one of those things where it's not just, I mean, you can talk a good game, even about being a father, but you have to put it into action. Two part question for you, Melvin. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. advice to kids would you give if they're trying to cope with fatherlessness? You've been through it. You know what it's like. And part two to the dads out there that maybe are listening and they're not involved in their kids' lives for one reason or the next, what would you say to them? I would say, you know, find me somebody that you can, that you can talk with, you know, like, and just realizing that you're not alone. You know, so many kids feel, they feel alone. They feel like they're the only one going through this. And that's, that's another trick of the enemy is getting into a kid's head. And, and we listen to lies more than truth. Like it's really easy to believe that, you know, I'm ugly than to believe that I'm good looking. You know, it's real easy to believe that I can't make it than to believe I can make it. Uh, uh, and so kids, kids need to find, you need to find you someone that you can talk to uh, and, and know that you're not alone. Someone's going to listen to you and hear your heart. And then, and then you just need to watch who you hang with. Like for me, um, I can't say the same for my brother, but for me, I think God just, he just brought people in my life, man. He brought people, but there's always people, but, but sometimes we could be so hurt that we push people away. And I guess, uh, you know, God had just softened my heart, even in the midst of all the, you know, like the abuse that when those people started speaking those loving words, man, I was drawn to it because it was what I needed. And that, that particular principle became like my, kind of like my spiritual mom. That's great. She, she wrote, a, she wrote an adoption letter and she was like, she wrote all the things like that she had to do. Like she had to be at every game. She had to give me like birthday parties, all that. And then I had to make, you know, uh, you know, A's and B's. I had to, show up for school. I mean, and so she signed it and I signed it. So I had somebody, then, then I had my coach who was like, uh, you know, he was single, but he was just like a father, man. Like he, he was somebody I could talk to. Uh, even my principal, I could go in her office if I felt like cussing because I was so angry. She wouldn't judge me. 
Mm. She would just listen to me because she knew that, that I was hurting. And so even as I travel and I speak in schools and places, you know, it's just amazing, Noah, how many people, even when they're adults, they just love when I'm, I'm always about encouraging people and people are drawn to that. I give kids celebrity names and you'll be amazed how many kids want, like, who do I look like? Who do I look? It's like, they, <laughs> they're, they're longing for that. You know what I mean? Like they're longing for just somebody to say, you know what, man, you're awesome. Uh, you matter, you know, uh, you're going to make it. I'm proud of you. Uh, you're doing a good job. Uh, even as we become older, we never get tired of that. And even you see, even in the athletic world, that's why like 90% uh, from the MLB, the NBA to NFL, five years after they retire are broke, divorced, and on drugs. Mm. But yet they have everything that people think they need, but they're, they're, they're still longing for that father to say, I'm proud of you. I love you. You know, you matter. And speaking of the fathers that are saying those things, that that's what the kids are looking for. What about the dads that are listening out there? And maybe they, you know, have stepped away from their children's lives from one reason or the next. Uh, what would you tell them to, to motivate them that, you know, you need to be more involved because they do matter at the end of the day, whether it's a failed marriage, whether they're, you know, too busy with work, that they need to just step it up and, and, you know, be a little bit more involved, be a lot more involved. You know, I, I, I answer that with a funny story. So when I was playing ball, we, we would gamble uh, with the game called Madden. Like, we were just very competitive, right? And so I was really good. Uh, I, I never lost in Madden. So when I retired, uh, I was always playing online. And, and Seth, my oldest, would see me. He was young. He was about six. And, uh, and this is for the fathers. And, so, I, and so, so we started playing, and I'm just I'm whooping him. I mean, I'm beating him bad. So I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like Seth, who's your daddy? And he was like, you, you know what I mean? And I'd run in his room and go, hey, Seth, look what I found in your pocket. And I'm like, loser. And he started crying, and the you know, boogers and snot was everywhere. Yeah. And from six to eight, six to eight, he never wanted to play me. And so I guess, and of course, now this generation, they're on Google and all this. And so he finds, I guess, how to play the game. So I come home one day off the road. He's about 80. He goes, Dad, you want to you play the game? And I go, you want some of this? And he goes, Dad, I want all of that. And so we're playing the game. First quarter, he's whooping me 35 to nothing. And he's like, who's your daddy? And I'm like, you. You know, uh -huh. and so he's running into my room like, Dad, look what I found in your wallet. Capital One and loser. And, and he's all in my face and talking trash. And, man, I was just so angry, so mad. And so, and I just walked away, but I accidentally tripped over the power cord. Oh! Uh, the TV cut off, the TV cut off, the game <laughs> cut off, but I plugged the TV up, I turned the TV on, and I pressed restart, and it was zero to zero. And I say that to answer the question that, that maybe in the first half of your life as a father, you, you, you were beating yourself up emotionally, physically, but every day is a new day to press restart. Mm. Every day is a new day to start over. You failed in the past, there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can do about it, but what you can do right now is start doing things differently. And, and you need men that are going to encourage you. Even as a basketball player, everybody needs a coach. You need somebody because if you, if you didn't have that as, in your childhood, it's going to be very hard for you to keep that up. You might do good for one, two days, but you need that somebody like Noah. You need, you need, to, you need to listen to his show if you're struggling, listen to the show so you can get these key points that are going to help you and your father. I have great men in my life. I have people that are really old, like they know Thomas Jefferson personally, like they play chess <laughs> with Abraham Lincoln, like they're old. And then I got – and those guys are the ones, like Coach Dennis, they're there going, hey, man, uh, I noticed you've been on the road. 
you need to take your wife on a date. And I don't go, hey, man, whatever. I go, hey, you know, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Me and my wife are going to get our nails done on Friday, right? And then you need, then you need men like your where we can talk and be like, man, you know what? She's making me mad or, or maybe you've been beating yourself up. You need somebody to go, hey, man, you're doing a great job, man. You know, you're, you're, you know, you're awesome. And then what happens is then you start finding younger ones mm-hmm. that then you can teach them so that when they grow up, they can be good fathers. And we start a generation of great fathers and great men. So if you're a father, like, don't, don't beat yourself up. You're awesome. You know, get around people that are going to challenge you. They're going to encourage you because you literally have the power to change the world. Literally, you fathers have the power uh, to change the world. And we need more guys like you that listen to the show to step up, you know, and just keep listening to Noah's show, man. He gives some good points. You're struggling. I know his show will just help you and build you up and encourage you so that you can keep on keeping on. And surrounding yourself with other like-minded men and ones that you know are going to encourage you, as you just said, so incredibly important. And, you know, if, if you don't have people like that in your life, get them that, you know, make make friends that are going to be able to encourage you and you can encourage them back. It's a huge circle. And then at the end of the day, a huge part of the equation, and I know it is for you too, Melvin, is being connected, not just yourself, but making sure your children are connected to God because they can learn and have so much comfort knowing that they have an eternal father that's watching out for them. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So true, man. You know, the, you can, you can try to, I see so many guys who try to do this on their own strength and uh, you, you're going to fail. You know, you need, I mean, obviously I'm a Christian guy, been a believer now and I realize where my strength comes from and, uh, and I lean on that. And, uh, because I don't know how people do it, uh, just kind of on their own out there, just doing their own thing. You know, you need, you need, you need that, you need that, that fellowship, you know? Um, and I think that's what, for me, uh, you know, when I came to know the Lord, uh, at 17, um, I ended up going to a college in San Jose. Well, I went to the master's college in LA first in San Fernando Valley. And then I graduated from San Jose Christian college, which is now William Jessup in, uh, close by Sacramento, but I just had a lot of great godly men. It started with my coach who was, who was actually an atheist, but he was such a great example. And then I went to college and got to see a guy named coach Miller. And he was just, I mean, he, him and his wife would, 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 would eat on campus. I like, I never, I never saw my dad be romantic to my mom. So that was just weird for me, but it, but I liked it. I liked how he held her hand. I liked how he didn't just say, this is my wife. He gave her, an identity. I loved how he was with his daughter and with his son. And, and that was the guy that I said, you know what, man, one day when I get married, like I, I want to be like that. And That's then I, awesome. I just, I just seek God, man. And if you seek him, you know, the Holy spirit, will, it'll, it'll show you if you're humble enough, he'll, he'll teach you like what, what we need to do better, what we're doing good. You know, how you can be that light, that example. That is just so awesome. Yeah, you can find God in so many different ways and so many different faces, but you just have to pay attention. Noah, here and across the county, we are wrapping up a tremendous interview with Melvin Adams. And back to basketball for a moment before we leave the show, Melvin. I know you're 5'8", and you you were a huge success in basketball. How did you make that happen, my friend? Well, you know, the funny story about that, Noah, is that, you know, my dad was 6'6". Oh, wow. My brothers are 6'8", 6'7", 6'2". My mom was 5'3", so I was like a black smurf. You know what I mean? Like, so my aunts were like Ewoks on Star Wars. Oh, I love it. So, uh, <laughs> I love it. So I'm putting that, in per- putting that in perspective. So my mom was 5'3". I'm 5'8", with high heels on. 
we grew up in poverty. You know, we were so broke. If you tried to rob us, you'd be practicing. So I had all this negative dad's abusive hearing negative stuff. And I'm telling my mom, I want to play professionally. And she's like, you know, you're too little, which is something uh, we always tell when our kids tell us what they want to do. Mm-hmm. We, we beat their dreams down because we didn't make it. Mm-hmm. I tell people, if I was to ask a five, seven guy in the street who never made it, Hey man, can I make it to the NBA? No, nah, man, it's politics. But if I asked Spud Webb, he would say, you have to work hard, but you can make it. But the reason why is because he made it. So I just began to shoot about 3,000 jump shots every day. I ran three miles. I was just real driven. But, again, it was all if I could score more points, if I could make more money, maybe my mom would love me more. Because we have to always ask ourselves, why do we do what we do? Mm. And we can justify it and spiritualize it. God is always at the heart of why. And so, um, so, you know, uh, yeah, so I was just real driven, um, and, uh, uh, against all odds, uh, had to keep working to prove people wrong. Uh, so that was a great answer. I mean, I thought you were going to tell me it was all about the shoes. Oh, oh no, man. It, it, yeah. I, I needed shoes with high heels so I could be taller, <laughs> but, but you know, it was that it was that spirit of Rocky, man. That that, that Joshua spirit. But there you I go. Was uh, and because of my background and where I grew up, man, I was just relentless, uh, fearless. Um, and again, you know, even even as I made it on to playing professional, um, and I was doing a lot of great things. Um, you know, I tell you, man, there. I was often asking myself this question, like, why am I so driven? You know, why do I always have to win? Mm. Because even Jesus never wanted to be the best. He just wanted to be like his dad. But there's, there's something real key of what you said is that right before, you know, Jesus was about to go do what he was put on earth to do, mm-hmm. his purpose. Uh, you know, the dove comes down, maybe Prince was in the back. This is what it's something. But anyway, he hears the voice say, this is my son whom I love and I'm proud. And that's three words that every young boy and every young girl wants to hear. You're my son. You're my daughter. I'm proud of you. And I love you. We, everything that we do revolves around those three things. And I'll, have to, and I'll have to tell you, Melvin, not to interrupt you, but you just hit it right, the nail right on the head. And sometimes I often have asked myself over the years, you know, maybe am I saying it too much? I'm proud of you a little bit too much to my kids. There's no such thing. Say it as often as you can. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. You got, you got to say that, man. You got to say, um, you got, you got to say that. Um, that is so key. Um, those words, man, I'm telling you, man, it's, it's, I mean, no, you know, man, it's just like, it's amazing how, like, uh, I walked into a, uh, uh, I was in, in Oklahoma and I was speaking to, it was a native American, it was a reservation. And, um, I walk in and, and, and the guy goes, Hey, welcome to whatever store. And I go, how you doing, Mr. Amazing? And then all of a sudden he just looked like, like they don't even know how to, and especially now, uh-huh. especially, uh, especially now, um, you know, it, it's crazy. Cause, um, you know, um, we, um, we're so separated it, 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 that if you're loving people don't know how to even take that like they don't know how to because you're so kind it's true and it's, it's the same thing with their kids like it doesn't have to it, and again it doesn't have to be anything so deep we're always looking for something deep but it's it's very simple it, it could be like hey son how was your day or hey doc man your hair looks awesome it smells like pantene what is that you know they just lift like, man, you've been working out, man. I'm abs of steel. You got abs of meals. Hey, you're looking good. Like, oh, dad, you know, that means, you know, 
It's funny things like that, like, hey, did you get a speeding ticket? No, so you should have, because fine's written all over you. Little things, man, it's crazy how words, like, we make this thing so hard, but it's really so simple. Just love people. Love them. And, and you know what I mean? But, but you can't love them if you don't love inside. I was just going to say that. I was just, if at the end of the day, you're not leaving somebody feeling loved, I hate to say it, but you're doing it wrong. It is all about love, whether you're talking about your friends or your family, especially your kids. Make sure they go to bed each and every night, no matter what age they are, knowing that they're loved. That, that's key. Yeah, just being, being positive, man. I, I mean, like I said, that's, like I said, for me, it's, it's just so easy. I just did a movie in uh, Oklahoma and it's called love leaders. And, uh, and you know, you're all around these people that are just, uh, um, it's just amazing how, um, this lady says, man, you're, you're the, you're the real deal. And I was like, why do you say that? Cause you just, you just immediately go to people and start loving on them. And, and I don't understand even as we're talking, I don't understand how people say like they come to, how can you come to know, like, come to know Jesus and, and your heart just not be broken for love for people. Like, mm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't understand that. Like, um, so I, I don't know. It, it just blows my mind, man. It's like, um, just love people. Like, uh, you know, like how, how can you, like when I, when I came, I, I immediately just started loving people. I had so much anger in my heart, so much, uh, so much distrust. And, uh, man, I was just broken. And I didn't, I didn't just give 98.3. I gave it all. And, you know, um, just, you know, just, just giving it all, man. It just, it just broke my heart for people, you know? Um, so I don't know, man. I don't know. No, it's just weird to me, man. Like in my travels. And again, I see so many, you know, even from pastors to, to just men, like, they really, they don't, they don't know how to like, how to be a dad. So like, you know, I want to encourage you, like, don't stop doing what you're doing because that show is really needed. Cause most men, we don't have a place where we can, like women can just, Oh my God, you know, we went to the ball today. My nail. You know, they have somebody, <laughs> but men, men just, we don't do that. Cause we got, we gotta be tough. We gotta be, we gotta be, we gotta be tough. Well, and that's why we were talking about a little bit earlier on, you know, if your circle does not include guys that can encourage you and vice versa, and you can give it back to them. I'm not going to say, you know, start a whole new circle, but go out there and find people that can encourage you, that you can encourage them. They're going to lift you up, that are going to be good for you as a father, because at the end of the day, if you don't have that, it's going to be a lot harder than it needs to be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, 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 you know, you, even as an athlete, man, like if, again, if you want to be great, if you want to be mediocre, just, if you want to be garbage, just, just, you know, don't do anything. But if you want to be, if you want to be great, then you got to find people that are better than you. And then you got to be willing to be humble and learn and listen, mm. especially people that have been where you haven't. So if I'm looking at you and you're broke, I'm not going to come to you and ask you, how can I be, how can I become wealthy? Like if, you know what I mean? If you've been married 16 times, I'm, I doubt if I'm going to come to you and say, hey, man, give me some good advice. So, so I'm, I'm watching people. So I'm watching, you know, men of, of character, not perfect, because there's nobody perfect except for Noah. Ooh, but you know what I mean? But, but I'm not looking for perfect. I'm looking for somebody who's, who's teachable, who says, hey, man, you know what, man? I know you may see me, but I have my struggles. But 
I'm striving every day to be the man that God has called me to be. That dude, I want to follow. And because I was young, I was like SpongeBob in it. I was just, I was just so, I wanted to learn. And, and, and that's weird, especially coming from where I came from. My environment wasn't, wasn't the best. My situation was negative, you know, and then athletically I was too short. Um, but I was, what was different was I was willing to do what other people wouldn't do. Like I was going to get up at three in the morning because I knew you wouldn't. So everything athletically turned into me as a, as a man. So I was very teachable. I wanted to learn. I wanted to be a good father. And I'm not, again, I'm not saying that I'm the best father. I'm not. I mean, if you look on the dictionary, I'm probably at the bottom, but I'm striving every day to be a good husband. Mm. And there are many days that I, I neglect my, and there are many days, many days, I mean, cause, cause my life is, my phone's always ringing, emails always coming in, people always want to want you. And there's just some, some days I just have to turn it off. And some days I have to go and say, someday I have to sleep on the couch and be like, oh man, I screwed up. But then I'm mad enough to go back and say, okay, baby, you know what? I'm sorry, but you know what? I just scheduled a, 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 a nail and, um, and we're going to watch trade spaces and design the sale and house hunters for three hours. There you go. Which is not something that a man wants to do. And I'm also able to go to my kids when I screw up and say, hey, you know what, Dad, I'm, I'm sorry, man. I was, I was kind of angry. Um, I want to be like Noah because he's great. <laughs> I can't add up. I was discouraged, and I had a bad attitude because I want to be like Noah. Well, you should have called me up, man. I would have fixed it for you. I know. I called him, but <laughs> you're like my dad. You left. Like, boom, he's gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's like, so I was sitting on, on my uh, on couch the other night with my son watching, we were watching The Flash, I think. It's kind of our thing together. And I always make it a point, and I'm good with this most of the time. You know what? My phone is either in the other room or it's on the other end of the couch where until the show's over, I'm not going to worry about it. And it's those little things that are so good and healthy for your relationship with your children. Oh, yeah. So, so true, well, it's Melvin, so true, thanks man. for taking the time today. It's been, you know, it's been a real treat. I, you know, if my show were longer, I could talk to you for a couple of hours, but I'm, you know, I know you're a busy man too. So thanks for just breaking it down real and talking with not only the children out there that might be having a hard time coping with maybe not having a father in their life, but maybe the fathers as well that are listening that aren't as involved, that need to maybe just take it up a notch, get reacquainted with what's going on in their children's lives and just being present. If you're present, that is half the battle right there. Any final words that you have for our listening audience about something that would leave them feeling inspired, no matter whether they're that child listening or they're a father out there? Man, I, I tell people out there, listen, like, um, don't beat yourself up. Um, you know, you're going to make mistakes. You know, that's okay. Uh, but it's what you do when you make the mistake. You know, get back up and keep going. Uh, and I think that's what makes a champions champions, is that they never give up, they never quit. And then you need, you need to know. You need to know if you're dad t- today, you need to know that you're doing a good job, that, that we're proud of you. And maybe you didn't have it, didn't come from a good environment, but you need to know that like God is so proud of you, and you're His son, and you're, you're the He sees you and has more teeth than a dentist. So don't beat yourself up. You're doing an amazing job. Keep up the good work. You're loved. You matter, and the world is a better place because you woke up, and it'll be a better place tomorrow because you're gonna wake up again. 
Well, Melvin, it's been a real treat. Thanks for coming on the show and just sharing some of your life and experiences with us and also giving some advice to the people out there because I, I think you're a very wise speaker and it's been a real treat having you on the show. Uh, well, thank you, Noah, for letting me be on it. And thank you for the show that you have, man, because you could have probably did any kind of show, but you're doing one that literally can change the world. And so uh, thank you, man. I really appreciate you and uh, grateful for the opportunity to be on your show, man. Well, I'd love to be able to have you back on a semi-regular basis because I think there's so many different avenues that we can touch on this particular subject. And uh, so uh, the invitation is open. Yeah, and if anybody's out there, man, or you know any any place that may be interested in maybe having me come out and speak, you know, you can you could you could call Peggy Murky and that's uh, her number is two eight one eight five nine eight eight one zero. Or can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? What about you? Is there a website people can go to if they want to find out more about Melvin Adams? Yeah, you can you can go to motivationalmessages.net. Uh, you can go to topyouthspeakers.com. Um, but, but Peggy Murky, uh, you could, you could call her or you could just, you know, Google my name. It's all kind of stuff out there. That's awesome. Noah here and across the County, Melvin Adams has been my guest and check him out. And we're going to have him back on the show because there is nothing more important in the life of a child than that of a father.